Hello everyone, welcome back to Pass the Salt. I don't know if this is episode 13 or 14, or is it 1300? That, that wasn't even a funny joke. Moving right along, today's episode is an interview again, finally, because the last two episodes was just uh, yours truly speaking to you, which was ugh, nauseating. Now we finally have an interview. And we have some interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks that I am so excited about, especially because some of the people that we're talking to are people that you might be familiar with in the realm of salt and light, but a couple of them are new individuals who will probably be brand new people to to learn from and hear their stories, and I'm just really excited about what is ahead for Past the Salt and what's on the horizon. But today's interview is near and dear to my heart. It's one I wanted to do in the fall, and um, time allowed for it to happen now in October, although I guess it could have been better to do in August, but it is what it is. Um, today we're talking to someone who's very smart, someone who is well-educated and has a lot to share. And I do a bit of an intro in our conversation, so I'm not going to give too much away. Um, but I'll just tell you right off the bat, it's my mother. <laughs> she received um, her undergraduate degree in education and business education from Oral Roberts University, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Then she went on to study um, her master's degree in education, uh, which was a master's to become a reading specialist from East Stroudsburg University. And then she received her doctorate in education from Liberty University. She was a flame. And now she just retired in 2020 from 32 years of teaching as a business teacher and then as a reading specialist and English teacher um, in the Pocono Mountains, which is where we are from. Well, first in Virginia and then in the Pocono Mountains, it's Stroudsburg School District. So if anyone knows about Stroudsburg, shout out to you. Um, and uh, I've talked about my mom here and there in salt and light circles. She's just incredible and she has a lot to share. Today we're talking specifically about teaching. And so this episode is for anyone who's a student or is a teacher. And I don't just mean a teacher in a school district. I mean, you are a youth leader or a youth volunteer or a small group leader. If you are in some way teaching something to a student, you're a teacher for all intents and purposes. And um, it's hopefully a conversation that will give you new ideas about your teaching, give you new ideas about your learning as a student, um, and also just bless you and encourage you and lift up your spirits as you're, you know, a couple months into this journey of teaching or learning. So I hope you don't write it off as like, oh, this is just an interview with a teacher because it's so much more than that. It's really, really intriguing. And she has a lot of good practical advice to share that I think a youth leader or a student could find really meaningful and take away from. And it just, it, it inspired me listening to her um, I tried to be objective and listen to her as a human and not as you know a daughter listening to her mom and I, I found that if I had been still actively working as a youth leader and listening to this conversation I would have really taken some of what she said and used it and been um, 
or if I was a teacher, I would have used it too. And if I was a student, um, I would have been inspired by what she said too. She gave some new ways to think about your learning and to think about who you are in your school. So this is a resource for you guys. And so I'm excited for you to hear it. All that to say, it's time to do what we do best. And that is, of course, pass the salt. How are you doing today? It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. I'm doing very well, thanks. <laughs> Wonderful. It is one of the first sunny days in a long week mm-hmm. of not sunny days. Mm-hmm. Thank you for making the long journey <laughs> to my couch <laughs> to let me talk to you. Yes, I had to walk all the way up the stairs from downstairs, but it is a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. So today I have... Um, the high honor and the pleasure and the joy of talking to um, someone who I admire and look up to and is the smartest person to ever walk this planet. And that is, of course, Dr. Rock, also known as my mom. Thank you, honey. (laughs) It's all very true and not even uh, close to describing how wonderful you are. I think very highly of Dr. Rock, and I know that you will as well after we have our conversation. So the reason I wanted to talk to my mom today, well, there's a couple reasons. One is that she's great, and I think everyone else should know how great she is. (laughs) And the other is that we have a lot of people in our Salt and Light family and network who are either students or teachers. And the term teacher is pretty broad in regards to the people that we love at Salt and Light because we do have a lot of people who are teachers and who are still involved in the lives of students in ministry outside of their classroom um, or volunteer with youth groups or worship or whatever um, different capacities at their churches. But we also have a lot of youth leaders who are teachers as well, Sunday school teaching, youth group teaching. Um, And then, of course, our wonderful students who attend Salt and Light events and who we love to see and minister to are all students as well. And my mother was a teacher for a long time. A long time. 32 years. 32 years in the classroom. And, of course, before 32 years as a teacher, she was a student. Yes. And then halfway through her teaching career, she got her master's degree. Mm -hmm. So she's a student again. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years later, she got her doctorate degree. And so she was a student again for five or six years. That took me six years. Six years. Because I didn't take any time off. So I worked and got my doctorate at the same time, which was challenging. Yeah, to be a teacher all day and then a student by night. She was like Batman. Mm-hmm. She like saved the world by night and by day was um, a teacher. But um, she is so smart and very well educated and has a lot of knowledge to share with us about teaching and about being a good student and being a good a mentor and teacher in the lives of students. So we're going to pick her brain and hopefully this is a helpful resource to you, whether you are a leader in students' lives or whether you are a student. I think Uh, Wherever you fall, you will find this um, helpful and encouraging. So, Dr. Brock, can I call you Dr. Brock? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) You're even wearing your teacher shirt right now. I am. To get in the spirit. I am. (laughs) You were a teacher for 32 years. What made you 
32 years ago decide to become a teacher? Why did you want to be in the classroom and be teaching students? Well, I loved being with young people and I enjoyed helping people succeed. I was a struggling learner myself, especially in my younger years, and I knew how that felt to not be able to get the information, to not to be able to understand. And so I thought, I understand that, and I'd like mm. to work with people and make them feel like they can be successful. We all learn differently. No two people learn the same way. Mm. And I just enjoyed encouraging, and I enjoyed helping kids find success in academics. Mm. I think a lot of people could relate to that because sometimes something that was most challenging for us becomes what fuels us and motivates us to make a difference so that that challenge can't happen to the next generation yes. or to other people. And so you said you struggled with learning as a student when you were young and now you got to try and rewrite that for the lives of other students. Yes. So you started out as a business teacher. Yes, I did. I taught business for 11 years. Wow. And that was in the South. That was in, in Virginia. <laughs> yes. So you were a Southern teacher. And that was in, what would you say, the 80s? Mm -hmm. So business probably looked different. It did. It did. <laughs> I'm going to really date myself here. I learned to uh, teach superscripts on the TRS-80 computer uh, <laughs> when I first taught word processing and um, that was re really rather interesting to see how far we have come uh, in yeah. such a short amount of time. It's amazing. So students, if you want to see one of those, you can go to the Museum of Natural <laughs> History. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> um, but you were teaching business. Yes. And I think it's interesting to like go backwards a little bit in your story because even your journey as a student in college took many different turns. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. It sure did. When I first went to college, I thought um, I wanted to be a psychologist, and so I was a psychology major. And after one year of that, I thought, you know, I don't know that I'm really suited for that because I'm a very sensitive person. Mm. And I thought to myself, hmm, I don't, I don't know that I would be successful at that, but yet I know I want to help people. And I've always loved to teach. Even, you know, when I was a teenager, I would sit my sister down <laughs> And, and teach her. She had to be the student because she was eight years younger than me. <laughs> and so I've always enjoyed helping people learn. And, and so it was natural then that I would become a teacher. In the middle of all that, though, I decided to go to business school and uh, did that for 10 months and worked as a secretary for a while. So my paths took a lot of different journeys. Yeah, and I think it's important for people to know that that's okay. Absolutely. As you're finding your way, you try different things and you find what fits you best and what gives you the most enjoyment. And you should have enjoyment from your work because you do it a major part of your life. So it should be something you love to do. Yeah. I love going to work every day. I love seeing my students. I loved yeah. um, making lessons that were fun. I just enjoyed what I did. Yeah, and that's true. I don't know if all teachers feel that way, but I know growing up watching you we since I was a student you were a teacher we got up at the same time mm -hmm. and we had similar schedules and you never missed a beat you went out of the house joyfully every morning to your students <laughs> and and you know there were some days that were very hard yeah and there were some students that were extremely challenging and um one, one teacher classified those as the mean girls mm. and you know often I found they weren't really mean they were hurting and if you took time to listen to them and hear their story and care about them, you could reach them. 
but if you classify them as bad or mean or, or not good, um, you put up a wall between you and the student. Yeah. So um, I often, when kids struggled, I would often say, how are you doing? What's going on? And many times as I would listen to their story, I would hear their problems and their struggles. And sometimes I could even offer suggestions. But the best thing about being a Christian teacher is then in my heart, quietly, I could pray. Yeah, yeah. And God would give me wisdom as to how to meet their needs. And sometimes it was just, you know, make an appointment with them and give them a little extra help and they would be successful. And other times it was just being a listener because people sometimes just need to be heard. And after they're heard, they feel better. Yeah. And there's so much truth to that sermon you just preached right now. <laughs> of like, Sorry. No, that's amazing. <clears throat> like, whether you're a student or a teacher, there's two takeaways. Like, we should not ever classify people or label people no. in our minds. No. Because, like you said, that automatically, even subconsciously, builds up a wall in the way we see them. And if you're a youth leader in ministry or you're a teacher in a classroom or you're a student in the hallway, when we label people and we make assumptions, we are already closing ourselves off to them. And we're closing the door on what could be an opportunity to listen to someone Mm -hmm. and get to learn what makes someone tick and what makes someone the way they are. Maybe we can step into that narrative and be uh, the hands and feet of Jesus to them. And many times when we hear their story, it, it's amazing how yeah. s- some people have such hard lives and yet they get themselves up every day and they come to school. And I would think to myself, I wonder if that was going on in my life, if I could get myself up and come to school. Yeah. Let me, let me just share a brief story sure. with you. I had a student I was mentoring and he was really struggling and he, he, he would just get in arguments and trouble all the time. And, you know, he was on probation. They said, any more arguments, you're going to be thrown out of school. Mm-hmm. Well, sure enough, he threatened a teacher and, um, you know, when I went to the meeting with him and they dismissed him from school, it broke my heart because he had so much potential. And he went to an alternative school. And I remember the day I attended the meeting, I just felt really compelled to pray for him. Well, he did very well at the alternative school. And, uh, you know, I, a year later, somebody invited me to go to a church to hear their, their girls sing. Hmm. And sure enough, God had taken that student and put him in that church. Wow. And he was in a youth group acting out um, a dramatic routine that they were competing in. Oh, wow. And he, even the expression on his face had changed. But best of all, his mom was there with him. Mm. She, she was going to the church too. And so even though my time with that student ended, yeah. my prayers were answered in that yeah. he found the Lord and he found new meaning and hope and some success for his life. Yeah. It's like if we, as leaders and teachers in students' lives, think of our students as not belonging to us, but belonging to God. Absolutely. And we are just vessels to be light to these students. Um, then it is our responsibility and our diligence is requ- required to be pray- praying and to be actively lifting these students up to the Lord because Mm -hmm. like you said your time with the student came to an end Mm -hmm. but then your prayers didn't stop no and the Lord didn't stop working in that student's life and it was it's so it's such a joy that the Lord allowed me to see this student a year later yeah and see him being loved in this church yeah like God didn't have to do that but God was like you know what I'm gonna let you give you behind behind the curtain you're gonna see that that prayer's been answered that was a gift which is um a gift for 
for anyone in education ministry or any any leadership in students lives what would you say and maybe I guess one thing we should explain as we're telling all these stories the school district that you taught in Mm -hmm. um, was Stroudsburg School District Mm -hmm. which was not in central Pennsylvania that was northeastern PA yes and a lot of our listeners are from the central PA area, mm-hmm. which is very different <laughs> than Well, I don't think, I, I think kids are basically the same everywhere you go. You I know, guess the that's true. Basic coordinates, but the environment and the culture is different. Yeah. And I think there was a little bit more violence in your school district. Mm-hmm. You had students from different economic backgrounds mm-hmm. than central PA, mm-hmm. students with perhaps... I think all students struggle with similar things, but I think some of the students that you interacted with struggled with very heavy things. Yes. At mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them didn't have the kind of lifestyles that people maybe in central PA have. So you were placed in what some teachers would say could be a very difficult and stressful situation. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, but you never saw it that way. No, no, because once we... Um, takes a little while to build a bridge of respect and trust, but each year I would work on that very diligently the mm. first month or so. Once we got there, it was easier to reach them because they were more open and honest. A lot of times students don't want to tell you that they're struggling. Like they don't want anyone to know, and so they act out and they misbehave. But when you talk with a student one-on-one and you say, how's it going? How are things going? You know, I noticed you're not doing these assignments. Is, can I be of help in any mm. way? And then, you know, they open up and say, I don't get it. <laughs> I just mm. don't get it. Mm. And I was a reading specialist. And so, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of students did uh, struggle with reading comprehension. And then that opened the door for me to work with them one-on-one and make some appointments with them and begin to give them some tips where they could experience some more success. And, you know, as a student, <clears throat> teachers want to know when you need help. Most teachers, not all, but I'll <laughs> say most. Yeah. They want to know if you don't get it or if you need help because that's what we're there for. We're there to encourage you. We're there to help you. Yeah. We're there to um, sometimes give you those little hints and tricks of ways of remembering things, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> here's a little little tip. Here. Yes. <laughs> um, there were so many kids that struggled with spelling. And, you know, just believe. I'd see that misspelled all the time. And I'd say, well, you notice the word lie is in the middle of believe? Do you believe a lie? And then, you know, they would, <laughs> oh, I see that. You know, just little tricks all the time of how to remember things and retain them and be successful yeah and you know i do that myself i when i'm struggling with something sometimes i'll visualize it i'll tell myself a story to remember a whole lot of information and make it all connect yeah i guess we didn't even explain that either is that you were a reading specialist so you taught um reading and then also some english too yes Mm -hmm. i co-taught English with an English teacher, yes. Yeah. And so you guys can imagine what it was like being the child of a reading and English (laughs) teacher. (laughs) I made her write a lot of papers and correct them. (laughs) Well, a lot of people at Salt and Light have probably heard um, me like preach before. Yes. And, you know, people give compliments and words of encouragement after I speak. And now you all know, really, the the real reason anything I say sounds good is because of this woman right here who taught me how to write. <laughs> it's all, that's and It all it started from. probably in third grade. I'd say, well, we'll go out and sleigh riding, but let's get this done first, and then we'll go out in the snow and have some fun. <laughs> I might not have had homework from my actual teachers, but you gave me homework. I did, I did. That's why I like to write now and why I'm, I'm willing to write sermons and things. Anyways, that's a tangent. Um, 
how do how would you recommend um, a teacher to build trust with a student? What are some practical ways that I mean, right now it's still fairly early in the school yes. year for youth leaders and for teachers in classrooms. How can we work as leaders mm-hmm. and teachers in building that? trust and building that kind of relationship where a student feels like they can open up to us. Mm -hmm. One of the best books I ever read in my teaching career about that was called Teaching with Love and and Logic. Hmm. And uh, there were so many good points in there that helped me to become more of a person who questioned rather than accused. Hmm. Like, for example, you know, every student knows they need to stay in their seat. And, and, you know, if you want to get out of your seat, you have to ask. But there are some kids who just get out of their seat all the time. Right. And I learned rather than saying, what, you know, get in your seat. You know the rules to, to just just nicely say to the kid, is there a reason why you're out of your seat? And nine times out of ten, there would be a good reason, you know. And it right. wouldn't be anything you'd want to chastise them for. Right. And so you need to learn to be more um, inquisitive. Ask what's going on. Ask what the problem is and not accuse. Hmm. But but be a good listener and listen for the um, emotions sometimes even mm. in the answer because when the answer is angry you know there's a lot in there yeah so you, you just need to be um, and sometimes I'd ask the Lord to give me discernment and I'd say you know quietly in my heart Lord this kid is very angry today and very disagreeable can you help me Lord help me mm. know what to do Teaching with love and logic. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's um, really beautiful. And that sounds a lot like what Jesus did. Absolutely. Jesus taught with love and logic. Yes. Um, everywhere Jesus went. And I think as a teacher, God has placed you in that classroom or Sunday school room or youth room, wherever you are teaching students for a reason. And it needs to be a constant conversation in your mind with the Lord. Like Absolutely. inviting Jesus to teach you how to teach the students. And you know, as a student, it's beautiful that you have the Lord too, you know, not just Mm. a teacher, but as a student and when you're struggling with, I was very, I struggled very much as as a child in reading and a matter of fact, I repeated the first grade Mm. and um, so I know what that feels like, but you know, as I became stronger in my faith, I came to know the Lord when I was eight and as I became stronger in my faith, I could pray and say, Lord, this is hard, Mm. but could you help me? You know, could you help me remember this? Could you help me do this? And I had a lot of test anxiety hmm. and I would worry. I was always the one who was worrying that I was going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet the Lord would calm that in me whenever I'd ask him. I'd say, Lord, help me not be worried. Help me not fear. Help me just think about <clears throat> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. Clear my mind and settle down. Yeah. And when I was able to do that, I could think better yeah and it probably took more than just one prayer it was Uh, probably over and over and like making that a priority in your mind to mm -hmm. bring that you know the bible says to bring all things to the lord absolutely and your test anxiety is one of those things Mm -hmm. um but i wanted to hit on the um one more thing you you made me think of with the teaching of love and teaching with love and logic Mm -hmm. Um, a couple episodes ago, we interviewed someone who brought up this concept of root to fruit. Mm. So like if someone, a student or maybe a teacher too, whoever, wherever you are, is showing you a fruit, aka like an attitude or 
um, words or feelings that are angry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself, what's the root of this fruit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's probably not anger. It's probably insecurity or sadness or mm-hmm, loneliness mm-hmm. or discouragement or fear. Or if someone's fruit is kindness, well, the root of that is probably the Lord or like someone who made kindness and acting like Jesus yes. important to them. Yes. And so we need to identify as teachers and as students, what's the root of this fruit that we're seeing? Absolutely. So, so very important. Yeah. Uh, I remember, too, in teaching that always Christmas time got to be difficult hmm. because um, a lot of my students weren't going to get much or their parents work two jobs and, you know, they, they're just lucky to have the nice clothing and yeah. food to eat. Um, but I had one student who was in particular acting out very, very badly, and I, I just happened to say to him, hey, what's going on? Do you have anything you want to share? Is everything okay? I'm concerned about you. And he began to share some very, very deep things that were difficult, and you know, his parents had separated, and now he wasn't going to be with either one of them for Christmas. He was getting shipped off to an aunt, and, and mm. I, my heart hurt for him. Yeah. And then I, you know, so yes, there is always a root cause why people do what they do. Yes, Yeah, uh, in all stages of life and outside of school. Yes. But especially, like, teachers, we need to be aware of that. And students need to be aware of that with your peers as well. And I think it's important to say, like, if you're a student who follows Jesus, like, you should be praying for your teachers, too. (laughs) Oh, I loved it when I had even teacher friends. Yeah. I, I still have a teacher friend, very good friend. And the way we became friends... She realized I was a Christian, and, you know, I found out she was a Christian, and then we met lunchtime once a week, mm. and we prayed for our students, and we prayed for each other, and that was, was powerful. Was that Nadine? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of people know Nadine, because <laughs> yes. she came to Impact this oh, year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, she sang, mm-hmm. and she uh, she preached, and her, Nadine, I think she, they called their band Nadine and the Gang. <laughs> But yeah, so Nadine is good friends with my yes. mom, because they I love were te- her. We have a together. deep bond, and yes. that came from... The power of prayer. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a teacher and you feel lonely or you're struggling because it's hard work what you do, um, pray that the Lord will bring people to yes. come up alongside of you and that yes. you can come up alongside of as well. Mm-hmm. Same for students as we well. We need each other yeah. um, as teachers because there are hard days. There are very hard days when you feel like, I don't know if I'm making a difference at all. Yeah. And then there are some wonderful, rewarding days when kids write you this beautiful letter, mm-hmm. how you changed their life, or yeah, um, you find out they could hardly read, and oh my goodness, now they're going to college. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. So that's exciting. So I know you mentioned test anxiety something that you used to have mm-hmm. and that kind of brought up a question I thought might be interesting to get your opinion on are there some practical things teachers can do um, just to create an environment that's less stressful and more just joyful around learning like what are some adv- tips and advice you might have for teachers whether they're in a classroom or in a church um, for just creating a really good and healthy, safe learning environment? Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you're a good teacher, you've prepared your students. You don't give them a whole bunch of questions on something you didn't teach. Mm. You know, And I, I would always say to the, the kids, well, this is what the test is going to look like. Part one is going to be this, and I'd give them yeah. a couple of samples. And part two is going to be this, and part three. And that would, oh, well, that's not bad. And I'd say, and this, here's your notes. This is what you study, mm-hmm. and, and you'll be fine. 
And even when I could see that sometimes kids were struggling during the test, I would just walk over to them and say, how are you doing? You, hmm. you know? And so then they learned over time that they could trust me and raise their hand and go, I don't, I, I studied this. And, and then I talked to them a few minutes and said, well, what do you think? What do you think this question's asking? What would you like to say? And many times they did have the answer. Hmm. And I'd say, that's it. Now write it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So being willing, to, and that takes some time and um, really uh, attentiveness as yes. a teacher yes. to be willing to do And being fair. Because yeah. a test is not made to sink a student. Mm. It's made to reveal what the student knows and if there's any gaps and so that you can do some reteaching. Yeah. It's not a... Oh, well, you failed. You obviously don't know anything. <laughs> you know, that's, yes. that's cruel, really. Yeah, yeah, that's not it. fair. That's, students don't want that. No. It's no fun. Um, and I know, you, I think I remember you used to talk about, like, bringing in snacks and things oh, to yes. your students. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, sometimes l- lunch was late. And I, in those double block classes on the second block, even I was thinking, I'm hungry. And it's hard to learn yeah. when you're hungry. Yeah. And so my... my um, co-teacher and I, we would always like get pretzels or Cheez-Its or some kind of small mm. snack and, and we just put out napkins and say, well, let's just take a snack break and just chat for a few minutes and see, you know, how, how are you all doing? And that is so valuable because sometimes mm. those, you know, the snack and chat mm-hmm. would reveal some very important things that we need to know as teachers. Mm. Yeah. And um, I think, too, you were a teacher who was very, and when you taught with Carlina, your Mm -hmm. Mm co-teacher, you guys were so um, energetic and, like, dynamic. It wasn't just standing and teaching the whole time. It was, like, every couple minutes, there's a creative way for students to get involved or keeping it hands-on or different activities. And being creative like that creates a really fun learning experience, too. And, and, you know, a lot of times we do small group things where we rotate. Mm-hmm. You know, because we had two blocks. And so we'd rotate the kids, maybe in small groups of three or four. And then a couple of times they'd be in a group just with other students. And sometimes they'd be with us. But it made it good because we could talk with, you know, two or three students at a time and find out where their learning gaps were. Mm. And um, also, you know, we tried to give choice. Like, what books would you like to read? Hmm. What are you interested in? Or, or give um, a group of assignments and say, okay, this is five assignments for this week. Choose two and turn them in by the end of the week. Because, hmm. you know, everybody can do that. Yeah. And when we have choice, we feel empowered. Yes. And when choice you feel empowered, empowers you're going to learn. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. <clears throat> and so even if you're a youth leader listening, I think that's a practical advice for you. Yes. Like putting activities in smaller groups allows you the freedom to get to know your students more absolutely and they feel more willing to share and give them the choice of what like what they want to talk about and learn about in youth group as well um so i have two last questions for okay you. um first would be what do you think makes a good student hmm well bible says study to show yourself approved a workman who need not be ashamed yeah and so i think a good student is um, one who is just trying, really trying, mm. and doing his or her best to get the assignments done and, and kind of keeping a schedule. You know, some, some of my students, they had to take care of younger brothers and sisters. Mm. And after school, they were really busy being parents. Mm. Yeah. And so they wouldn't have a lot of time to yeah. do their work. And so I'd have to sit down with them with a schedule and say, well, look, look here's a little block of time. Here's 15 mm. or 20 minutes. You schedule that time every day for hmm. your, your work. And sometimes it's um, it's just 
you know, saying to yourself, listen, I don't feel like doing this, but I know I have to do it. You know, give yourself a pep talk. <laughs> uh, and when I finish doing it, I'm going to yes. feel really great. Yes. <laughs> and speak kindly to yourself. Yes, be, be nice to yourself. Yeah. And do a little positive self-talk and say, you know, I can do this. And then really, if you can, ask the teacher because most teachers are very willing to help. Yeah. And I remember like growing up, I was a student who struggled so much with math. Yes. And science as well. But like still to this day. And I remember being the student, being the child of a teacher parent. It just empowered me and set so much anxiety free for me when you sat me down at a young age and said, as long as you do your best. Right. And like if your best is a D, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. was the best you could do. You weren't going to get an A in this because this is not your your thing, and that's mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. And I think if if we kind of, I don't know, being an American student, there's like we put so much pressure on ourselves mm -hmm. to like we have to be the very, very best or the very, very top, and sometimes that's just not possible, yes. <laughs> and it's okay as long as you're trying if your best is not what someone else's best is. Right, so. that's right. That always empowered me, and when I got C's and D's, but I knew I studied hard, well, that was my best, and that's okay. I agree. Yeah. All right, last question. What mm -hmm. do you think makes a good teacher? A good teacher loves his or her student mm. and loves his or her work because students see that. If you yeah. like being there and you like what you're doing, it's contagious. Yes. And you need to teach with enthusiasm. You need to be well-prepared. You need to be kind. You need to talk kindly to your students, and and we need as teachers we need to be kind to ourselves too. Yeah. I mean, there are days that no matter how hard you try, it's just going to be hard. Yeah. And um, you just say, well, tomorrow I'll go back and I'll try again, and tomorrow will be better. Yeah. And um, just to ask the Lord to give you wisdom, ask the Lord to give you discernment, and even sometimes when I was putting lessons together, I'd say to the Lord. Help me with this lesson. Hmm. Help me grab their attention. Help me be the kind of teacher you want me to be. Hmm. And <clears throat> students can do that too. Help me be the kind of student and like human being in this school <laughs> that you want me to be. Yes. Um, and same for teachers. And so we just want to <coughs> encourage you. Um, you've been doing school for over two months now and hang in there. <laughs> Thanksgiving and Christmas break will be here before you know it. Um, but we're proud of you, and um, teaching is very hard work. <laughs> yes, it is. And yeah. I'm just going to end this Please by do. saying, forgive me for my nasally voice. I know. <laughs> I have this beautiful grandson. Yes. <laughs> and he loves to give hugs, and he's had a bad cold. Yeah. And so now I also have a bad cold. Yeah. So I don't always sound like this. No. But um, <laughs> our I house wanna, has been plagued. Yes, <laughs> I do want to send my uh, love and blessings to all of you as students yes. and teachers. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, that baby, he he's into kissing too. Mm. And like Lots of hugs. His, <laughs> hugging and picking his nose and spreading around baby germs. Mm. And so we love him, but this is the price we pay. Yes, we all are um, a little under the weather. But thank you so much, Mom. Thank you, oh, Dr. Rock. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And um, everyone, God bless. We love you. And we will see you next time.